They don't care about your 900 years of combined experience or your wall of books. They only want to know one thing. Once they've signed on the dotted line, are you going to take care of them? Welcome to the Judge Shaw way, where we believe providing an exceptional client experience is just as important as quality legal representation. From secret tips for creating unforgettable wow moments to proven customer service pointers, the Judge Shaw way is everything you need to go from being a good lawyer to owning a great brand. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm Judge Shaw. I'm here today with Alex DeCastroverde of the DeCastroverde Law Firm out in uh, Nevada. Alex, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks, Judd. Thanks for having me on. I got to say, funny, I, I came out here in uh, Vegas. I'm here in, a, in Vegas myself for a couple of different uh, events, including this podcast. And I think we were going to hook up at your office and, and it didn't happen, but I really still appreciate you coming on today. So thanks so much. Thanks, Judd. Tell us a little about DeCastroverde Law. I'll tell you where it all started. It's going to be a little bit of a story, but uh, it's who we are. It all started with my dad. Uh, my mom and dad uh, were born in Cuba. My dad's dad was actually uh, an attorney in Cuba as well. Uh, my dad left Cuba because of Fidel Castro in uh, the late 50s when he started uh, showing how, uh, his dictator self, dictatorship and taking over of private business and taking over of the free press and uh, came to the United States and and signed up to become a paratrooper in the Bay of Pigs. Mm. And uh, he invaded Cuba. It was not a success. Uh, they got captured. It was about 1,500 individuals got captured, served almost two years in prison in Cuba. He had the benefit of uh, being uh, released and moving to the United States. And uh, my mom and dad, my mom was also from Cuba, Judd. And my mom and dad ended up in Reno, Nevada in the late 70s. There was a, another Bay of Pigs veteran who was a casino manager of the MGM Grand at the time and convinced my dad to move to Reno, Nevada so he could learn uh, how to deal cards. And my mm. dad's friend says, hey, I'll move you up in the casino business and come to Reno and I'll teach you how to deal cards. So my dad moved his family of four kids and his wife to Reno, Nevada to deal cards Certainly one of the few Hispanic uh, Cuban families in Reno, Nevada at the time, his friend being one of them, but one of the few overall Hispanic families in, in Reno, Northern Nevada at the time. So my dad got a job uh, working at a casino and his best friend ended up getting fired about two years later. And my dad goes, there goes my future in the casino business. He thought he had his path moving up. But when his best friend gets fired shortly thereafter, Fortunately, a law school happened to open up in Reno and being a, uh, they had night school. And, uh, they, and my dad dealt 21 in the daytime and went to law school at night while he was raising four kids and ended up graduating law school, passing the bar exam the first time he took it, even though English was a second language and he had a heavy, Amazing. very heavy English accent. And then my dad worked for the attorney general's office in, in the capital of Nevada for about a year. And then shortly thereafter was after Ronald Reagan passed the amnesty, which made the pathway for residency a lot uh, smoother for a lot of the Hispanics, immigrants around the country. 
And my dad saw that there was a need to help the Hispanic community with the immigration papers in Northern Nevada. And he opened up an office, one of the first offices in the state of Nevada, serving for the sole purpose of serving the Hispanic community. That's where it all started for us. My brother, Orlando, was in high school at the time. And we worked at my dad's office when he started his office. I remember when he got his very first computer. And my sister, our older sister, was his secretary, Judd. And he, he started it not without having any mentors, not having a guidebook, just with a desire to serve the Hispanic community. And with a deep feeling of pride to have the privilege of being able to do so. You know, what a story. First of all, a real family story. You know, when you, I know that De Castroverde Law Group says we treat our clients like family because we are family. I, I can't think of anything that's more telling than that story. And then the other part that's really resounding on me is that the American dream, right? The real story about the obstacles that your father had faced when he left Cuba and became a lawyer in the United States of America opening up an office to serve the Hispanic community in Reno, Nevada. What a story. But the story didn't end there, right? I mean, you and your brother are, are partners of this amazing law firm. And I, I've had the pleasure of being there and I've had the pleasure of seeing how you guys serve your clients. And I think it's really special. And I think there's something also to be said about, I think, if I recall, your father almost went bankrupt several times because he put he he nearly put his law firm out of business because as it turns out he was offering free legal services if they couldn't like afford it or pay for it i mean this is the kind of guy he was he not only got to the, became a lawyer he then gave back to the community am, am i right about that no oh, absolutely judd i always say uh, the opportunities that my brother have i really feel like we have the wind in our back and it's due in large part or in all part due to the sacrifices that my dad laid before us. And when he started his practice, as I mentioned earlier, he didn't have a roadmap, didn't have a roadmap for success. And he just uh, took the opportunity to help people when they needed help. And he would have been the first to tell you, I'm a great lawyer. I love being a lawyer, but I'm a horrible businessman. And with that came like, the just not knowing like it's not possible in the long term to take on cases let's say for five hundred dollars when it's going to cost you three thousand dollars to serve that client and time and time again right. my dad took on cases for five hundred dollars where at the end of the day years later he realizes oh wow it costs me literally cost me to hire people four thousand dollars to serve this client and he did have adversity, and it was a struggle built. Like when my brother and I when graduated from law school, it was still just him and, and one, one assistant. And this is 15 years later. Uh, my sister at the time graduated from uh, college and became a teacher, and she moved on. But it was a, another uh, a legal assistant helping my dad. And he never had the benefit of scaling. So we had the benefit of learning through his mistakes, Judd, and mm. seeing what worked. And what worked was 
And that's another thing we realized, Judd, how, how lucky we were to have an opportunity to go join what he started. Because what we saw, Judd, his, his lobby was always full. The lobby was always full of people who wanted help and to be treated with respect. So we saw opportunity, even though we knew our dad wasn't making a lot of money. And our dad oftentimes was struggling mm -hmm. to make ends meet. We saw opportunity if we learn from his mistakes that we can build something and grow something very special. And it started with continuing what he started, treating our clients like family, treating each other like family. Treating each other like family was easy because we were family. It was my brother, my dad, and mm -hmm. treating our clients like family was also easy because that's who we were. That's who my dad was. So the next part was investing in, in our business investing in our people, investing in learning systems and processes, and investing in technology, and figuring out a way if we surround ourselves with more people, better people than us, if we invest in systems and pro invest in technology, and really focus on the systems and processes, that's where the magic begins to happen. And that's how we started to being able to scale uh, our office from a small mom, literally a, a mom and pop shop into some like a real business. Yeah. I think uh, now 15 years later, uh, you have multiple offices, right? You have a, uh, where, where are the, th I think there are three locations, right? About 15 years later, Judd, I'm happy to say we have close to a hundred team members, if not a hundred team members already, mm -hmm. 20 lawyers. We have three offices in Las Vegas. We have an office in Reno, Nevada. We also have an office in the Bay Area. And um, we're looking to expand into other states and, and continue our growth. You know, I think that uh, your dad may have been a bad businessman, but he was a wonderful person. And I'm sorry that I didn't have the privilege of meeting him. Um, but is that what makes De Castroverde stand out? I mean, Nevada is a very competitive market in personal injury, right? I mean, it doesn't take anyone much to travel from the airport to a casino to see the billboards and the type of advertising that personal injury attorneys are are doing in here, right? So it's really heavy. And to stand out for the crowd, is that what it is? Is it's instead of making the most noise, it's that Day Castroverde continues to serve clients like family? Absolutely, Judd. I think what makes us stand out is just to remain true to our, our, our principles, our mm. core principles, remain true where it all began and, and, and never forget, like, that, like you said about my dad and mom, like they had the ability to live the American dream and never forget that my dad, I mean, when he became a law school, when he became a lawyer, he was almost 50 years old and he, had, he was working at a casino. So when he, we, and he had the opportunity to open that office, it was just an, an immense sense of privilege to be able to serve the community. We have never forgotten that. It's a privilege to do what we do. We, we get paid to help people, to be there for people at a time of need. As you know, Judd, every attorney, a, a lot of personal injury attorneys will tell you the same thing. But that's in our, our office core DNA, is never forget that sense of privilege and to treat them as such and to really treat them as family. And then from day one, when team members join our team, 
that we, 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 we obviously explain this is who we are and, and we live it. We live it. And we spend a lot of time trying to build our brand. And that's something we learned from our dad, like, like, like from a mistake, like had he invested in his brand, he would have been way bigger before my brother and I graduated from law school. So we learn like invest in your brand, like live it day to day, but also invest in it so you can share it with the community. So we've invested a lot in our brand to share that with the community. But last thing I want to say, Judd, is even though we spend a significant amount of money marketing and advertising, letting the community know who we are, 70 to 80% of our clients are past clients or referred by past clients, friends, family members, coworkers, or a past, a past family. So just the snowball, if you do the little things right, and if you stay true to who you are, and it's not overnight, it has not been overnight, but the snowball just continues to grow. Well, you know, it strikes me that where you, when you're looking at your, your, your lead source, your biggest lead source that generates the business is, is that word of mouth, that passing on the experience with your law firm from one person to another. Very powerful, right? I've, I've said that in my other podcasts about creating walking cheerleaders, right? At the end of the case, this is a person who should be at Thanksgiving raving about their lawyer or suggesting to a family member who may have been hurt in an accident, you got to use these people. They'll be there for you, right? They can. That's a very powerful marketing source is just providing great client service, great legal representation and doing the promise that, you know, keeping to your word, um, keeping your promise. And it also strikes me with you guys that your that core of your your company, the the sort of the heart and the pulse of it is helping. The word helping, right? Your dad's story about helping the Hispanic community that wasn't personal injury. That was just so they could they could meet an American dream, that they would have a chance at opportunity and success in their own life. His version of helping was in that. And at some point, you and your brother realize you can help even more people. If you not only just in immigration, in through in through you know uh, personal injury, right, in, in in accidents, they need help too. And so I think that the idea of helping is in your core as well. Yeah, absolutely true, Judd. And and to take it a step further, so now like how, to provide the help that they truly deserve means we as a, a team. We as attorneys continue to need to continue to get better. So we need to continue to surround ourselves with smarter attorneys than us, better mm. attorneys than us. We need to continue to provide an environment to our attorneys to grow, to learn, and to have an expectations and a culture of excellence. Because to be able to help, we, we need to provide that excellence in our service. We need to provide that culture of excellence and the results. So it's not just helping, hey, I'm going to treat you like family. I'm going uh, to answer the phone right away. I'm going to call you back right away. I'm going to be really empathetic. I'm going to be very kind. It's about the results. Because right. at the end of the day, that's what matters. Right. So the results is we, how do we get better results? Have higher expectations for us as a team. And, and that's, that's been uh, just a mission of ours over the course of our growth. Let me ask you about that because that, that's really great, right? Is you don't know what you don't know. And so part of attorneys 
they master their skills, one, primarily through their experience. And you'd like to make less mistakes. And there are ways to do that, right? By training and mentoring and education and continuing courses. But primarily is, is experience. You, you, you drop the complaint, you do it enough times, you get better at that. You do an opening, you do enough openings, you have enough trial cases, you get better at that. But other than experience itself, what are some of the things that you're doing with 20 lawyers to make them the best lawyers possible? It starts with what you said, experience. We're giving them the opportunity to get experience early on. All our personal injury, we all, this is amazing to say, all our, and I think we have 12 personal injury lawyers now, they all started at our office as law clerks. Wow. So if they all started at our office as law clerks, they early on, when the, the day they pass the bar exam, they're head and shoulders ahead uh, a, a, a of most of their colleagues. Because they've already worked on discovery responses, helping prepare a complaint, and helping uh, prepare oppositions and motions. They've already sat through appearances or, or trials when they, when they have opportunity to sit through trials and, and just observe while they're a law student in our office. And then once they become a lawyer, once give them opportunity to like, jump in early on and, and not sit and watch us for three years before you sit in a deposition. I think it's really important. Give them an opportunity to like, just run with it. And what we've been doing over the last three, it's probably three years now, Judd, is really relying heavily on focus groups. And, and our office is doing focus groups probably twice, twice a week. And my brother is the one who's taking the lead with this. But it's a great opportunity for the young lawyers at our office to practice to constantly practice. And the focus groups oftentimes is just, uh, you know, st st stimulating like you're picking a jury. So once the trial happens, they've already done it over and over and over again. Those are just a couple examples. I had the, the honor of watching your brother Orlando do one of these focus groups. I was blown away by it. I thought it was incredibly impressive. You know, he was in the, in the conference room. I mean, you guys had if we're talking equipment, it was the best of the best, the audio, the video stuff, the, the ballot system, the, uh, the engagement of it. And, you know, there's an opening argument and now your lawyers are practicing that opening argument. And then you're talking to real people, people that would be in that jury box to say, we buy this part we're we're, we're suspect of this, or this helps your case and this hurts your case. And you get the feedback and then he goes back and pitches it again to other people and and then you go the, the part that they didn't really like, now you're not hearing anymore because you filtered that out. I, I was really impressed by your focus group process. I thought it was uh, above and beyond what most lawyers do in the personal injury community. Yeah, we have a team and it takes a team. We There's Gianelli at our office. She's in charge of it, Judd, and it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort to to make sure you have the participants. And like I said, it's twice a week. So it's a, a lot of, and then you don't want the same participants. You got to make sure that these part, that you want new participants every time. So it's a, it takes a lot of effort. It's a teamwork, but uh, it's all for the goal. So we get better all for the goal. So we we're in better position to serve our clients. So we could end up with a better result for the clients. And, uh, but it's just a small component, Judd, of, of us, so many things we do uh, with that ultimate goal is how do we get better? How do we continue to improve? And at the end of the day, how do we better provide this better service for the client? 
we call our teams villages now, actual, and they have village names. And we say that because it takes a village. Uh, yeah, wow. absolutely. What's in the future for Daycast Traverti? What are you guys looking to do? Continue what we started. I, I feel my, my dad, our dad passed away about eight years ago in 2014. This might sound corny, but I truly, and I, I'm, I, I've been saying it a lot, and it's, it's sad that I say it a lot, even though it sounds corny, but I, I truly feel like I have an obligation. We have an obligation to make the most out of the opportunity that's been provided to us. So I think we have an obligation to continue to grow this, continue to surround ourselves with good people. And, and, and there's no reason in my, in my mind, we can't be 10 times bigger in five years. And the way we'll do it though, Judd, it's not going to be because of Orlando and it's not going to be because of me. So it's going to be because of the other leaders in our team. So what we've been focusing on is surrounding ourselves, continue to surround ourselves with great people and continue to build leaders. And what's really encouraging now, Judge, at the crossroad where we're at, at, at our firm right now, is we're seeing like the leaders within our firm, they're now building leaders underneath them. And it's just really encouraging. I think we're, we're positioned at the right place to see them flourish and then make to Castro Verde Law Group into a a firm name that's going to be known throughout the Western United States and hopefully one day throughout the entire United States. That's amazing. I always say that my job at my law firm is to teach other people how to do their job and become leaders so they can teach someone else to do their job and become leaders. You know, real servant leadership is the idea of putting yourself behind that person because you want them to make a leader. It's almost like, you know, the goal is to put yourself out of a job. You know, that's not really happening. I mean, it's your law firm, but you want to do that. You want to create leaders that say, you know, Alex, we got it. We got you. I think that's spot on, Judd. I mean, it's spot on. And I think the the mentality and the mentality, like the, I call it the hoarding mentality. Like the hoarding mentality is like, well, I'm the only one who can do this. I'm the only one who could sign up a new client, or I'm the only one who can negotiate a case, or I'm the only one who could take this deposition, or I'm the only one who could try this case. It's actually an enemy of growth, enemy of scaling. And it's not in the best interest of your clients. The best interest of your clients is have a team of the best possible people helping them in the pursuit of excellence. And in when you get rid of that hoarding mentality, as you just conveyed, uh, Judd, and you rely on others and you build other leaders, that's where it puts you in a position to scale and truly maximize the potential. So every year I come out with a theme for the firm to follow and it uh, go generally trying to address a bottleneck or something I want to improve. And so we'll rally around that theme for the year and we roll it out in our kickoff. About a, a couple of years ago, I rolled out a theme that was upstream, downstream. That was the theme. And the picture of it was the salmon that was going up the river. And the idea behind it is if I could get everybody in the, in the office to identify one thing that they can push downstream and teach someone, that means that person is going to go upstream because someone else above them is pushing something downstream. And what we it. found was over the year, People felt that they could move up, take on more responsibility that was certainly you know, well within their lane and their capability, and also give an opportunity for people who were hoarding 
to realize that the more you push downstream, the more you create another leader, the more important you actually become because then you can take on something more. And then I can give you something more important that was on my plate that I can push downstream and I can move upstream. So true, Judd. What are you doing to move upstream? So, you know, the things that I'm challenged with, and I asked you this question because over the last couple of weeks, I've been finding myself training and coaching more than ever before, right? Doing that, focusing on my team and coaching them to be great leaders. But that also means that I can do that through experience and I get to see what's working, what's not. And, but, but also I'm, I'm reaching out to find out how do I become a better leader in coaching? How do I become better at what I'm trying to do? If I want to create great leaders and the better leaders I can create, the better my company is, then I want to do it the best way and, and get it right. You know, have you thought about that? Well, absolutely. And uh, we've relied, I mean, we've relied on consultants. Mm-hmm. There's uh, yeah. DJ Allen it has helped us immensely. He's here from Las Vegas. He owns a company called X's and O's of Success. And he helps with team building, with culture, but he's helped us with leadership training. So he's, we've, I mean, we have a monthly leadership meeting that DJ Allen personally participates in, and he has separate seminars and workshops that uh, we've identified certain future leaders in our firm that have participated in workshops with DJ Allen's uh, company. So that's just one example that's been very favorable and beneficial for us, Judd. But overall, what I'm doing is, is relying on others. And, we've, we, and it's, 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 a, it's a process. We started a while ago, Judd, is, is identifying who we think those future leaders are and letting them know and then seeing who, which ones, they don't all embrace it. They do not, they do not all embrace it. But those few who do embrace it, that's where the magic is. And we started that a while ago. So now I'm at the point where, Judd, I don't think I'm personally involved in building the leaders so much. I have others in our organizations who are taking the initiative on that. That's great. That's great. So, um, and, and for any, for anybody listening, who is this a, you know, anybody who generally refers to another vendor or a company that they would stand behind. I always like to give an idea of how to reach out to this. And, and I think you said X and O's success. Yeah. X's and O's of success. DJ Allen. Uh, if you Google it, he's, he's, he wrote a book with coach Lon Kruger, who was a former UNLV basketball coach, uh, Kansas, uh, state basketball coach, most recently at Oklahoma, a uh, head coach of Oklahoma. So DJ Allen wrote a book called X's and O's of success with coach Lon Kruger and just a wonderful guy. He does, uh, he has clients around the country and I, I can't recommend him enough. He's helped us, uh, get to this point without him, uh, we would not be where we are today. Oh, that's really, that's a, a, a big merit of uh, approval for him. So that's great. Um, so tell me at this point, um, or- Orlando is your, not only obviously your brother, your partner, um, what, what's just the general overall structure of the firm, your, your practice areas, what, you know, f- for those listening? Our bread and butter is, uh, Injury is personal injury cases. As I said, I think we have 12 attorneys working on the personal injury cases. We have 
four attorneys working on immigration and all they do is immigration and, and obviously a big team underneath them. And there's three attorneys who all they do is criminal defense. And we're really proud of the, uh, like I said, our magic is treating our clients like family, treating each other like family, but also try to surround yourself with the best possible people and give them an opportunity to grow. For example, the two criminal defense attorneys we have at our office, one is, or of the three criminal defense attorneys we, we have at our office, one is a former chief of the homicide unit, retired uh, here at the district attorney's office after 25 years, and then became a U.S. attorney, uh, and then came and worked uh, at our office after uh, it, he, he stopped working as a U.S. attorney. The other was 25 years of prosecutor at the Clark County District Attorney's Office, chief of the uh, Special Victims Unit, uh, trained most of the district attorney's office who are there right now, trained many of the judges uh, when they were at the district attorney's office at the time. So we've really been blessed to surround ourselves with really elite talent and uh, in, in Orlando, um, he's, he's a grinder. That's my brother. He's, he's constantly at the office. He, he's a lot more present than I am. I like being working out of my house, and, and I enjoy it. Orlando is the complete opposite. He needs to be at the office at 8 in the morning, and he likes, he'll, likes until early in the evening. He'll, he likes to be there. So it, it's a nice balance. I've been very, very blessed to, to have this, uh, you know, walk this path with my brother. It's amazing. And, and, you know, obviously you are making the investment to get the best talent on your team. You know, the type of experience that you just described on the criminal, uh, you know, bench over there is tremendous, uh, both in years and, and status and experience and cases they can handle. So that's amazing. How does someone get in touch with Daycast Reverdy Law Group? Very easy. You call us at 702-222-9999 or go to Google and uh, type in Daycast Reverdy Law Group and there's several ways uh, to find us. Alex, thank you so much for uh, for being on today. Sorry we couldn't meet up at the office, but uh, I'm going to venture out after this in this hundred degree plus weather right now and enjoy and enjoy your uh, your your community here in Nevada. Hey, Judd, it's always a pleasure. We've learned a lot from you. Thank you for your time. Uh, it's been a pleasure being on your show. Thanks so much, man. Are you ready to take the next step to creating an unforgettable brand? Subscribe to The Judge Shaw Way in your favorite podcast app and join the conversation on social media at Judge Shaw Injury Law. Have topic suggestions or questions? Email us at podcast at judshawinjurylaw.com and be sure to include an address where we can send you some cool swag. Attorney advertising materials. This podcast is designed for general information purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as legal advice for an individual case or situation. This information is not intended to create and viewing does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No aspect of this advertisement has been approved by the Supreme Court. Any results set forth herein are based upon the facts of that particular case and do not represent a promise or guarantee. Those with legal questions should seek the advice of an attorney.